Every day Every night All the time <laughs> You are listening to High TV Your place for cannabis news Insights and information If you're new to this podcast You're a newbie What's going on newbie Welcome to the show Hope to see you soon Just know when Monday morning comes And this podcast plays In your cars and your headphones You will be the most informed person in cannabis In your circle Stay tuned And stay high folks ITV Welcome back to another episode of Hot TV. I mean, listen, last episode, as you heard, if you heard, hopefully if you listen to this, we had our very first guest, the Green Baker. All of our information is in the description. It was a fun episode. I mean, I don't normally do guest episodes, but it's something I'm looking into because I myself love podcasts and senses are you do too. And a lot of podcasts you listen to generally have more than one person you know, on it. They're having a conversation. They're debating. They're throwing ideas back and forth. And I kind of like that energy. I really had fun last episode. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm happy you guys, you know, came to join me too. Um, but this episode will not be a guest episode. It's just me. Good old, good old Des is here. Okay. Hi TV. Hampton National is in the building. All right. And this episode we're going to do as always, we're going to start with our quick hits. So we have Cleveland Browns player Gregory Robinson arrested for allegedly possessing 157 pounds of marijuana in a rental car. I got a lot to talk about with that subject, but it is quick hits. Let's move on. I'm being disciplined this time. All right. Discipline. Sunday, Sunday. Wow. Anyway, it is Sunday, but I, what I meant to say was a new study. <laughs> Cannabis patients with ADHD use fewer prescription drugs, which is a great thing. Right. Next, I kid you not, this is a real story. I thought it was ridiculous, but it actually is a real story. Not clickbait. Space picks first to launch cannabis into outer space. I kid you not, they want to launch cannabis into space. Why? I don't know. Does space get high? I, I don't think so. I don't think that's possible. But I guess they're doing the Red Bull thing. Well, I'll get into that later. All right. Next two stories. The last two stories we have a quick hits. Bud tenders unionize in Canada which is a great move, in my opinion. I mean, we're going to talk about it. And last but not least, the big news of the week in cannabis. Cannabis sales. Wow. Cannabis sales top one point seven five billion. Billion (laughs) billion would it be in Colorado? So I'm going to talk about how much of a rise that was from 2018. I'm going to also delve into why is Colorado seeing success, but California is not. What's going on between the two states? They both start with the letter C, so they have some, that was stupid, some similarities. All right, but let's talk about this Cleveland Browns player, all right? Because this, this story even raised my eyebrows, right? Because an NFL player, right, generally has the life of, playing high school football, being the number one man on the team, knowing that you're going to get a scholarship to go to college and playing so well in college, you're now going to be playing professionally, the sport that you love. And not only do you love playing this sport, you are also getting paid bank to play on an NFL team. Now, granted, this guy isn't a superstar, so chances are he's not seeing Tom Brady contract and other large NFL players contracts. 
but still he's earning a good living. Chances are he can't be getting paid less than a doctor's salary. I don't know this guy's uh, contract. I should have brought it up for the podcast, but either way, you can imagine with your imagination what that number is. So this guy, professional NFL player, decides to not only run a car, but also buy 157 pounds, which is a lot of bread. All right, if a pound is going for 2,000, chances are he got these for like, I don't know, 800 a pound. So you could do the math of 100 times 800, uh, 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 excuse me, 800 times 150, and it's crazy, right? So this is me speculating, not exact what he spent, but like you got to get it on wholesale if you're buying 157. That's like a, a, a small house. He basically bought a small house in this transaction and it led him to getting not only caught, but maybe even sentenced. $125,000 in six hundred, excuse me, $125,600. So the story reads as this. Robinson, 27, and friend, 26. I redacted the friend's name that was with him. I don't want to, it's alleged, and I don't need this guy to get, uh, you know, publicity on this thing you know i gotta look out for my black people you know what i'm saying black history month anyway we're charged in a federal compliant excuse me a federal complaint with conspiracy to possess with intent to distribute marijuana and possession the u.s attorney's office for the western district of texas this guy's from cleveland and got caught in texas we got to tell you how the hell that even worked out because you know if you know anything about maps and u.s geography Cleveland is way up here, all right? Texas is way down here. So how the hell did he... We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Anyway, so the Western District of Texas said in a news release, if convicted, Mr. Robinson and his friend could face up to 20 years in federal prison. You mean to tell me you are a free man, NFL player, getting good money, playing a sport that you love, probably having all the ladies you could think of because you're a professional football player with money and you throw that all away for the next potential 20 years to sell weed now granted if weed is legal in different states which i want to get into why his logic behind this makes no sense because apparently he got the rental car in los angeles i'm going to read about that soon if you're getting the rental car in la you can invest the same amount of hundred twenty five thousand dollars into a legal cannabis business now maybe 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 this guy saw how all the cannabis stocks were flunking. Maybe he saw how the black market in California was taking off and the recreational was just losing money left and right. So he said, I'm going to jump into the black market here in, in, in California. But he didn't do it the right way. And we'll go ahead and read the rest. Robinson rented a car in Los Angeles on Sunday. That's last week. Last week today. And arranged for an Uber driver to drive him and his friend to Louisiana. Now, this this already sounds like some National Lampoon shit. Like, you going from L.A.? First of all, the guy got an Uber from Los Angeles to Louisiana. Now, granted, you got to think about the driver here. The driver's probably didn't really plan out his, his next few days, right? Maybe the guy's having a tough time. You know, he's doing, he's not doing Uber on the side. Like, this is actually his business. Like, this is how he's getting his living. And he's getting this big drive from an NFL player right? He's excited to drive from LA to Louisiana. Imagine how much money it costs to go from LA to Louisiana. Probably in the descriptions, I'll put how much it's uh, going to cost you if you want to drive from LA to Louisiana in Uber. Just to give you some bonus content. But yo, the guy probably thought he had to come up 
but now it turns sour. And I'm going to tell you how. So he instructed, excuse me, he instructed his friend to drive, actually, when the three reached El Paso, Texas. So it looked like the trip was obviously from L.A. all the way down to Louisiana. I'm guessing they bought the marijuana from L.A. for very dirt cheap. We're going to bring it to Louisiana and then sell it and distribute it. And they were going to make a whole heap of money. I mean, you can imagine if they're buying it at 800 you know, dollars a pound or whatever the price they got. If they sell the same 157 and they sell it at a regular price. And it put, because it's from L.A., which is the best weed ever, they can sell it for 2500 And they just spent $125,000, allegedly, potentially, to make allegedly $400,000, which I get the flip. I get the investment. But you already are making $400,000 $400, a year, which, I, granted, you're going to split with your guy who you drove down with in the Uber, which is the longest Uber ever. You know what I'm saying? L.A. to Louisiana? Is this a, is this a road trip? For $200,000, they basically just split between you and your friend for because the total was four hundred. I mean, this makes no sense to me, but I'll continue to read the last part of the story. Now, this is where it kind of gets crazy. Bear with me. Now, let's just recap. NFL player, offensive lineman, probably 300 pounds, bought half of his body weight in weed in L.A., decides i'm gonna i want to go to louisiana to drop this off but i'm not gonna use my car because that's suspicious let me get an uber <laughs> an uber all right and and uh let's go ahead and i'll read the rest all right so you got the story so far so robinson told the uber driver that he would pick all right so here's what happened I, I skipped that part in the uh text i have for my podcast so all right they're in the uber they're driving down to louisiana they get into texas now as you know what's happening in texas what's happening with you know trump and his xenophobic views has led to you know anti-immigrant rhetoric now you're having a lot of checkpoints around texas because they don't want immigrants to get in from mexico and the same thing happens where cartels send mules with all types of drugs from mexico into texas right so these guys didn't think to let, let me just drive through la let's go around texas like go run go around that like top portion of texas that's like the chimney of a house <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's just go over that. And then let's make our way to Louisiana safely. They decided to drive through Texas where they probably weren't thinking about the checkpoints that they would have to endure. But when you have, you know, high level immigrant threats in Texas or that's how they view it. You're going to have checkpoints to look if you're hiding people in your car, whatever you're, if you're hiding drugs in your car. So they drive through Texas. They unfortunately hit this checkpoint. And at the checkpoint, they have to get their car searched. And when searched, they found 157 pounds of marijuana in duffel bags. Now, let's continue into what genius thought that this guy Robinson allegedly came up with to escape the situation. You got to hear this. So Mr. Robinson, Cleveland Brown, Cleveland Brown offensive lineman, told Uber driver that he would pay them to claim the marijuana. The complaint, the compliant said, aka the Uber driver, according to the release, the driver refused and said that they would have not have driven had they known about the drugs. Now, 
A part of me thinks that's bullshit. All right, if you're driving 157 pounds of weed, there's no way you're not smelling that. And it's not even like they had it in like a special case; they had it in a duffel bag. All right. Granted, they bought some turkey bags from some guys out in, out in LA at the wholesale black market. Right, got the turkey bags, put them in a trunk. If you're driving that car, there's no way you do not smell the weed that's reeking off. Now, granted, 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 they're in LA. You're an Uber driver. The whole place smells like weed. Weed is legal. So chances are, if he smelled this, he probably didn't raise any alarms. He thought, all right, it's a regular day in Los Angeles. All right, everybody smells like weed. He just didn't know the magnitude of weed that was on them, 157 pounds. And the fact that this guy tried to get him to take the fall and said, I'll pay you. I mean, you just created so many more problems and avenues for yourself. Right. You, not, not only did you did you get caught with weed, you're on record as telling the Uber driver you would pay him to take the fault. And he obviously disagreed because you're getting caught with one hundred fifty seven pounds. That's a federal case. This guy might go away for 20 years. I hate to see it. Black History Month. What a way to end it. I mean, come on. And, yo, that Deontay Wilder fight, I'm so ashamed because I had so much confidence in that man. He had, probably has the strongest, most vicious punch in, 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 in fight history in a long time, probably since Mike Tyson. You see how fast and how hard that guy punches. And the fact that he lost to Tyson Fury, I mean, in the back of my mind, the business mind says, yo, Vegas is probably having an economic boom because of the fight. Because obviously everybody thought Deontay Wilder is going to win. Tyson Fury, big guy out of shape not really think he's gonna you know beat the physique that is tyson i mean that is uh deontay wilder but yo you see you saw the picture of the guy's his face all mushed lord have mercy i mean i hate to see black history month end that way right tyson fury beating this guy and then now you have mr robinson getting caught with all his weed when he's a professional football player you, you should invest that money in real estate you might now granny might not have made that four hundred thousand dollars so quickly but you know what they say about fast money just saying. All right. So our next story, I like this one a lot, actually. So as you know, people who have various mental ailments find relief in cannabis, just like autism. People who are autistic take cannabis and they see their symptoms, their symptoms rather start to erode. Now, granted, they're not eliminating autism as a whole as a whole, but there's symptoms that are expressed through autism, which are very various because the spectrum is so large that cannabis and CBD was able to help them. Now, in this story, we're not talking about autism. We're talking about ADHD, the type of thing that, you know, you're in school and you're that, that was, there's always that one kid that just did the wildest stuff for no reason, right? They just could not focus on one thing, always had to make some trouble. He always look at you as a, as a kid. You're giving him a look like, really? Like, what's up with this guy? I mean, how much sugar did he have in his Capri Sun? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Did he take a pixie a pixie stick before class? That that this is the guy, that same guy when he was a when he was when he was a, a kid in class has grown up, has ADHD now, and can find solace in taking cannabis to relieve those symptoms. Now the story goes as this: a store, uh, excuse me, a study published last month in the Ram Bam. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, a study published last month last month in the Rambam uh, medical journal suggests that cannabis patients with ADHD are likely to use fewer prescription drugs. Now, a lot of you guys out there may have ADHD yourself and you take prescription drugs to manage that ADHD. Cannabis may be something you could use. Let's continue on to read. And 
I'll tell you how and the different ways you could do that. So the fewer prescription drugs include psychostimulant medications such as mental methylphenidate and amphetamine derivatives, which are commonly prescribed to treat ADHD symptoms. Continuing on, study participants included 59 adult medical cannabis patients in Israel. Now, as you know, Israel is number one when it comes to medical marijuana, not in the quality of product, not in the product variety, but in the research. Like they're really treating cannabis as a medicine and researching it as that, right? They're not thinking about the commodification of cannabis as we do here in the capitalistic society of the United States. Uh, say what you will about Israel. Listen, first of all, let me get this out the way. Just because I mentioned Israel in any type of cannabis post doesn't mean I'm a politically affiliated one way or another. I realize on Hemp International, I post a post, let's say, about how Israel now allows you to grow cannabis in your home if you want to, right? I get a shit ton of comments of people being upset, being angry, and saying, how could you post about Israel? They are Zionists. And nah. uh, Listen, listen, I'm not here for any of that debate. I'm here to give you guys information and news on cannabis. So whatever political affiliation, yeah, I may violate what I'm saying with the whole Trump thing, but uh, hey, it is what it is, right? I'm taking a stand, building, building my audience. But when it comes to things like that, that global politics thing, not as well-versed, and I don't mean to offend anyone. So anyway, the study was done in Israel, and they are number one in medical cannabis research. It had to get out the way, because I know comments come in, all types of BS, put out the way. If you still come with the, with the BS, get blocked. Anyway, so in Israel, they had received a diagnosis of ADHD from a qualified physician and had a standing medical cannabis license for the treatment of any approved condition. So I believe similar to how California was years ago in Israel, if you have a medical condition of any kind, then you can go ahead and try and use cannabis to solve it, right? It's not as limited as, you know, Florida once was, where you have to have cancer and have HIV and have, you know, like really, really near death experiences to use cannabis, which made no sense in Florida, but uh, lobbyists. The study sought to understand the role of cannabis phytocannabinoid and terpenoid compounds as opposed to just the plant as a whole. So the study is interesting, right? Because past studies, what they do is get the cannabis plant as deemed medicinal. They'll grind the cannabis up. They'll deliver the cannabis to whatever method they choose to the patient. And then they'll go ahead and document what their reaction was over time. However, with this one, they're now looking deeper in the cannabis plant. And listen, folks, this is what's beautiful about cannabis now becoming legalized. Not only are you able to see studies like this arise and come out the wood work, but you're also able to see this same research dive much deeper into the various idiosyncrasies that is cannabis, such as the terpenes, the phytocannabinoids, and the list goes on and on. But there, because it's legalized and it's much more open, we can have the abundance of cannabis, the freedom that with cannabis to go ahead and find these out. All right. So this study not only takes the whole plant, but it looks at these various phytocannabinoids, breaks them down, sees which one has what effect and which one works best for ADHD. Now, the study authors found that the consumption of cannabis containing high quantities of phytocannabinoids and terpenes was associated with the reduction of ADHD medication. Specifically, the cannabinoid, now listen to this, the cannabinoid CBN, a.k.a. cannabinol. All right, so cannabinol, 
aka CBN, that's what happens to your weed if you like leave it unattended, you forgot about it, and you try to smoke it like months later, right? So what, what they say is that THC or bud doesn't really expire, but it loses its potency, right? So over time, chemically, uh, I'm not sure of the organic chemistry that goes on there to be confident enough to tell you guys, but the way my brain is formulating that now is you have the THC compound, right? You have that molecule. Just as THCA, right, is the acid form of the, of the THC, and once heat is applied, it breaks that acid chain and it becomes THC, which is now psychoactive. Now, THC can now transition into cannabidol or cannabinol after a certain amount of time when I guess certain things degrade and then it just shifts into CBN. So that's why, for instance, have you guys ever uh, tried to smoke resin? Like let's say you have a lot of joints, you have a lot of roaches, you, you smoke a roach blunt, you realize that the roach blunts might not get you as high, but you really feel sedated and slump. You feel smacked. And that's because it's high in CBN. A lot of degraded THC ends up becoming CBN. Same thing, right? The resin bowls, the uh, struggle blunts, that's what I call roach blunts, the struggle blunts. You know what I'm saying? If you're seeing roaches, you're struggling. If, you, if you're smoking roach blunts, you're struggling too until you re-up on some more stuff. But uh, yes, so CBN, for all you guys out there who have ADHD, you may want to go ahead and look for products that are high in CBN. I know a couple of uh, CBD companies put an extra dose of CBN into their sleep formulation for the CBD oils and products. So look out for that. I'm telling you. It can help you a lot. We knew that cannabis helped with ADHD, but now we know specifically it is CBN. So the sentence goes, before I broke off, that CBN was associated with scoring lower on the adult ADHD self-report scale. So, I mean, I think this is amazing because, you know, ADHD is something that's not so debilitating when it comes to life. But if you want to be, you know, the best employee you can be, the best businessman you can be, the best anything, you have to have focus. You know, a lack of focus will not allow you to, you know, do what you're doing the best way it can be done because your mind is so divulted or excuse me, divided into so many other things. So if you have ADHD, look out for that CBN. I might take some of that myself. I don't. I've never been diagnosed with, you know, ADHD or anything like that, but I always felt like my brain is just constantly thinking and, and thinking of various ideas and it can change rapidly. So maybe I could benefit from, from, wow, I'm sounding like Porky the Pig again. Maybe I can benefit from some uh, CBN. Who knows? You guys got some CBN out there? Feel free to send it out. I'll try it out. I even talk about it, see how it makes me feel. <clears throat> but yeah, again, 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 before you go on break, remember I told you guys, a lot of the residual... Um, uh, a lot of the residual cannabinoids will see a large growth and a large demand in the future. Why? As I said, cannabis is much more abundant. And so there's going to be an oversupply, as we see now, of CBD in the market. There's, there's already an oversupply of THC in the market. But if there's a low supply of concentrated CBG, CBN, CB whatever, you're going to see higher demands for it. Now CBG in the CBD market is taking off because it's so antibacterial. It's good for your eyes. Uh, um, what's the word? Glau it's good for glaucoma. You know, a, a bunch of other things. You know, it's very interesting to see what's going to happen soon. But look out for CBN, especially when you have concrete science coming out of Israel saying that it helps with ADHD. Might just give it to kids. It's not, it's not psychoactive, right? All right, so be, when we come up, we're going to talk about bud tenders unionizing Canada and cannabis sales top $1.75 billion in Colorado. But first, before we go on break, let's talk about Space Picks, man. 
Space picks, man. Remember when I told you guys people come with ideas? Like, it's like they're, they got to be high out their minds. They think it's the most radical idea ever. But when it's made, it's like, really? And those ideas are a good thing. I mean, I'm not saying they're all bad. It's just like sometimes you you see the idea fleshed out and you're like, all right, you guys had to be smoking something strong. So Space Picks wants to be the first company to launch cannabis into outer space. Now, I'm thinking when they say launch cannabis out of space, how are they going to do that? It's going to be a spaceship that has like a little pod that has like an eighth or, or, or an ounce in it and just release it into space and see what happens. What's the point? You know, I, I granted, I believe these guys, literally, I believe these guys saw Elon Musk and SpaceX launch a Tesla into the sky and says, why don't we launch cannabis? And listen, the whole idea of space picks to me sounds ridiculous. You know what I mean? What space picks are, are THC infused toothpicks. If only you can see the serious face that I have on right now. THC infused <laughs> toothpicks Wh- whoever th- like who th- who thinks of that you know what i'm saying like who thinks of thc infused toothpicks so you mean to tell me you want to get five milligrams of thc because how what what can what can the toothpick hold i mean is it like the oils inside a toothpick and as it degrades i mean it's made out of wood so i'm guessing they take the wood they dip it into the thc oil and there you have your product you can literally buy a a a uh, kilo of Kilo sounds so aggressive, right? You you could buy a thousand, <laughs> you buy a thousand grams of the cannabis oil, dip your little wooden space pick, and then go to town. I mean, I get it, but it's just stupid to me. Anyway, here's a story. I'm sorry to be so unbiased and whatever, but come on. If if anybody says, "Hey, bro, you guys, you guys smoking?" I'm gonna bring something to the I'm gonna bring something to the sesh, and the guy walks over, goes into his pocket confidently, looks you in your eye, and says. Want to try a toothpick? I'm like, I got a blunt in my mouth. Pause. Why do I want to even put a toothpick? Like, what am I doing? No, bro. It's THC infused, man. Like, it's the shit. Like, nah, bro. Anyway, story goes as this. Just as Elon Musk announced his plans to launch marijuana into the cosmos, Space Picks came out with came out victorious in the cannabis space race, launching 20,000 milligrams of dope. These these riders into outer space four weeks ahead of the tech mogul schedule. The company launched a high-altitude balloon, a.k.a. an HAB or HAB, to the edge of space filled with 2,000 milligrams of their signature THC-infused toothpicks. Wednesday morning from an undisclosed location somewhere in Oklahoma. First of all, now it makes sense. These guys aren't in L.A., all right, these guys aren't in Colorado. They're in Oklahoma, all right? And they created these toothpicks that have THC in them. Now I get where the ingenuity comes from and where the lack of cannabis comes from, where anybody would be like, oh, wow, these are just toothpicks. They don't know that I'm getting high, just chewing a toothpick. That's all I'm doing. Like, I get it. It's a funny thing, but it's not something like you're going to take medicinally. It's not something you're going to take recreationally. Maybe you might just take it before you go to bed so you're not too high. Or I don't know. Maybe at work and this is something you could take because it's low dose. Who knows? I'm hating on the product, but these guys are actually, you know, getting publicized and the stories being talked about. Now, here's the point of this. The product, don't give a fuck about the product, right? No offense to space, space picks, whatever it's called. Um, 
I sound so demeaning. I apologize, but I hate this idea. But uh, nonetheless, Elon Musk spent spent zero dollars in marketing in 2019. However, you constantly see stories of Elon Musk being talked about on Twitter, on social media, by old media, including like articles and New York Times, CNN. This goes on and on. He spends zero dollars. What this man does, Elon Musk, is create fanfare in everything that he does, whether it's a tweet that can change literally markets for the next three days, or he launches his new car or truck, I should say the cyber truck and decides to break the window in my opinion on purpose because he knew that it would enrage those people who are you know tesla shorts aka they want tesla to fail they're going to talk about it news people are going to talk about it. it's going to go viral which it did so i'm thinking that space picks because their product isn't so illustrious as a tesla model s that dri- literally drives itself and can self-update itself let me not go on a tangent in Tesla. Clearly, I love Teslas. But SpacePix wants to get the same fanfare and media publishing that Tesla is doing. Because you got to think about it. In today's era in 2020, if you're a media person, you want to get clicks, right? If you're writing these articles, you're doing all these things, the more clicks you got on your page and to the stories, the more you can charge for advertisement, the more your business is making. So if you're running cannabis media, like myself, I'm like showing you how the hot dog is made. A story like this, the headline, they launch cannabis into space? What? And then you find out it's toothpicks? Oh, that's kind of the reaction. And that's kind of what you've seen happening in the news space, right? So, I mean, yeah, cool. It's launching these toothpicks into space. I hope some alien finds it, you know what I'm saying? And gets lost in his UFO, doesn't know where the hell he is. Oh, man, ends up at Earth. Like, I got to get more of this stuff. Little does, he, little does he know. All right. So anyway, that has been our first half of the episode. Stay tuned after the break. We're going to talk about, as I already mentioned, Colorado, how much bank they are making and the bud tenders unionizing Canada. I think that's a big step for the cannabis industry. So I'll see you soon. Enjoy the break. Welcome back. Welcome back. Miss you guys. Hopefully the ad was not too long. I do appreciate appreciate those who listen through the ads and also click the link in the description to support the podcast. It means a lot. It means that I know that the effort I'm putting out on the podcast, the information I'm researching is hitting hitting somebody, right? You guys are appreciating what's going on. And that's my way of knowing, your, of seeing your support and knowing that you do support the podcast, you enjoy the podcast. Now, granted, since I took the two-week hiatus, you guys have came back in droves for the episode with the Green Baker and I. If you guys enjoyed the episode... Feel free to DM me at Hemp International on Instagram. Send me a message like you guys do some from time to time. And let me know what you think of the podcast. Did you enjoy me with guests? Do you want to see me with a particular guest? I can do call-ins. I can do Skype. You know, uh, that one, of course, was informational, but more so for conversational-based. I was feeling out how I can do the show with a guest. And uh, it was experimental. And I had a great time actually doing it and, and opened up avenues potentially for this podcast to grow even more so of course like the weed that we love i want to grow with you guys and i want this podcast to grow with you in it so again thank you for your support as always let's get back to the show enough of that mushy stuff all right enough of that mushy mushy all right so we have bud tenders unionized in canada the reason why this is important is the cannabis industry is so young all right and when it, it's almost like having you know I, could, I always compare the cannabis industry to somebody you know throughout their stages in life and and that's what the cannabis is going through so when you have a 
teenager, you want to make sure that teenagers has values imprinted in them so that throughout their adulthood, they'll go ahead and carry out these values in the real world. That's the goals of parents, right? And now granted, the cannabis industry doesn't have a parent, all right? We have some regulatory officials that exist in certain areas and sectors, whether it be from the county, the state, et cetera, et cetera. Now, Canada fully legalized cannabis, so we want to make sure that these good behaviors are in there somehow. And one of the behaviors that have left our capitalistic, hungry society was the decrease of unionization. Now, the reason why unionization or the union has decreased in the United States is because they're expensive. All right. If you have shareholders and you're a CEO, your main concern is not just the business, but it's the shareholders needs first, the business needs second and the consumers last. Unfortunately, that's how it goes when you get your when you get investors and venture capitalists who invest in your business. So unions stifle shareholder happiness because unions, if you don't know, unions are collective or uh, like a collective bargaining agreement where you have much more say and much more power once you have individuals together and once you have individuals in this one industry together they help sway the rules and uh, laws that laws or the stipulations that will be in place in order to run the business such as pay such as fair fair work environment and things of that nature so the unionized protects the workers and of course america doesn't want to protect the workers they just, they just want to make the money so to see a rebirth of unionization in an industry like cannabis is amazing and hopefully it sets a precedent in the states. Now, granted, the way it's looking like now, all these cannabis companies aren't doing that well, so they're probably going to be doing anything they can to eliminate, to eliminate unions because they're only slow down their progress back into prosperity. Now back into the story. So bud tenders at Clarity Cannabis in British Columbia have become the first, number one, numero uno, the first cannabis dispensary workers in Canada to join a union, quote unquote, in an effort to address the outstanding concerns, including fair wages, a respectable workplace and safety, security, excuse me, safety and security on the job, including education and training opportunities. So you have to understand, being a bud tender in the cannabis industry is extremely important. So you want to make sure that those bud tenders are protected. Similar to how you go to a bar and you don't really know what to drink. Yeah, maybe you haven't, you know, drinking anything then. Yeah, maybe you haven't explored past the drink that you like or you're not a drinker. So what do you ask? You ask the bar tender, what is a good choice for me to make? Right. And normally the bartender will give you a recommendation off their own uh, insights or maybe what the establishment wants to push more than others, which tends to happen. And so the bud tenders are doing the same thing in the cannabis industry. How are you going to learn about which product is best for you without first talking to the bud tender first? And I think the bud tender have a much more intimate connection with their customers and choosing what they need because as you know even if you're in a recreational state and you're taking cannabis maybe you're taking it from for medicinal reasons and a bud tender can figure out a product that works best for you now granted like the bartenders in some places they get paid by certain brands to push a certain type of product more whether it's gray goose whether it's remy martin whether it's hennessy they do the same thing in a cannabis market where they're going to push certain products due to the money that's being greased in their back pocket 
Now, that was an anecdote that was unnecessary to my point. I just realized, talk about ADHD, right? But <laughs> I, need some, I need some CBN. Send some CBN in. But no, the point is you have to protect the butt tenders and make sure they're getting paid well, they're getting treated well at work, everything is safe, and they have job security because the more experienced the butt tender is, the better sales I believe you would have as a cannabis company and the more trusting a customer or client would be with working with your dispensary. So continuing on. So Kim Novak, who was president of this union, said, quote unquote, the cannabis industry is entering a sector, excuse me, is an emerging sector and it's important to build worker power so that butt tenders as well as other cannabis workers have strong voice and she said in a statement that is our union's commitment now that's amazing because as we've seen what's happening here in america with MedMen, with uh parallel with a bunch of others and other cannabis companies they have an extremely high churn rate which means they bring people in and they bring them right back out all right i was working at a medical marijuana place and the same thing happened to me uh it is what it is they're much more likely to release workers than other industries because they are so young. Now, I speculated whether the, not inability, but rather the increased plausibility, likelihood, and occurrence of letting, letting somebody go in these industries because if you have somebody around who you may not want, who may not be the best fit for the company or whatever and the reason may be, you know, ex- externalities like life, kids, school, whatever, you gotta let them go. And the reason why is because you don't wanna be paying these people not only their wages that is putting a stress on the company, but you don't you also don't wanna have to pay for the health insurance, you pay for the life insurance, you pay for all these other things that these companies have to match up to six percent with, including retirement. It's a huge cost to have workers, especially when you have all these other, you know, uh, drawing factors for employees. So uh, I think it's important that Canada took this step and I hope to see the same thing follow south of the border where these legal cannabis spots, Massachusetts, Colorado, California, Oregon, Washington, and Washington, D.C., go ahead and try and build some type of union because these companies would continue, continue to offer no such thing as job security, continue to, you know, let go of individuals who could be a benefit to the company because at the end of the day, they have to protect their own jobs. And ultimately, if you have a job, you got to protect the company, especially at a certain level. So hopefully this trend continues. Let's go on to the OG Colorado. As you know, Colorado, you know, Colorado, man, Colorado state, I had something there and I lost it. You know what I'm saying? High atmosphere, you know, snowy mountains, beautiful scenery, and a lot of cannabis. All right, and a lot of hemp too. Colorado legalized cannabis way back when, nearly a decade ago. It's wow, a decade nearly passed since they legalized cannabis. Was that 2013? Wow. Anyway, so they have generated $1.75 billion in Colorado. See, the story reaches this. Cannabis companies in Colorado set a new sales record last year of $1.75 billion, which generated more than $302 million in tax revenue for the state. The sales represent a 13% increase from 2018. That's amazing. Not only are they generating a billion dollars in revenue, but they're also generating $300 million in taxes. Now, in the most case, people like, taxes and cannabis need to go. You know what I'm saying? You ever seen like Caesar and he like thumbs up or thumbs down? Everybody's thumbs down on cannabis taxes. 
However, in Colorado, they do something a bit different. According to the Colorado Sun report, the state's cannabis-derived tax revenues are mostly split between human services, public health, and environment, education, and local affairs. So not only are they generating a large amount of tax revenue, but they're going to help people who uh, need help in human services, such as, you know, homeless people and things of that nature, rehab facilities, things like that. You know, public health, which is a very important for society, helping the environment. I mean, education, the kids, the kids that all these politicians were worried about because weed is going to be legalized. What about Timmy? What a what, when Timmy grows up in a world with legalized weed, he's going to ruin his life like bullshit. That's not the case at all. And all this money is going to help out your children and the adults that live in the same area. So shout out to Colorado for having a responsibility in their tax generation to redistribute that back into the community to make it a better place. The one of Colorado is one of the happiest states. Uh, as of 2019, one third of those revenues, woo, however, were still un designated so at least one third of the revenue is undesigned is people pocketing the revenue well i'm not going to go ahead and stipulate taxes because the government can do whatever the hell they want to do with it that's their that's their role taxes are part of the game but what i want to question now is why is colorado having such success even with tax rates that seem to you know be able to help out the community while california is struggling when California has a much longer track record and much longer history with legalized cannabis. I mean, we're talking 1996 here. That was a year I think Biggie died. You know what I'm saying? I was two years old when that occurred. So how is it with a, with, with a place like California with such pedigree not meet the same financial, you know, levels that Colorado has. And as we mentioned in the last podcast, uh, most, what, 20-something percent of the counties in California do not allow cannabis whatsoever. They have cannabis outrightly banned and do, do not want it. They don't want the tourism. They don't want the kids to be in danger. They don't want any of that stuff. So they banned it. And uh, that could be a deciding factor. We already know that the, the black market in California is three times the size of the legal market in California. We know that the taxes are too damn high in California. All right. We, we know these things. But it looks like when you read the article that they mentioned that in Colorado, it seems like the consumers of cannabis, legal cannabis in Colorado, are much more trusting and much more inviting into the dispensaries to get their cannabis, right? They're much more likely to go to dispensaries, buy their cannabis, and they're happy. I mean, they're fine with whatever they're getting taxed. They're fine with the quality of product, and they don't really have complaints. However, you know, just a couple miles to the west in California, a lot of people are sticking with their weed dealer. Uh, is it taxes? What's the is it taxes the real issue? Because Colorado has taxes. Is it the quality of cannabis? Like, let's be honest. California has better weed than Colorado. And perhaps because they have better weed than Colorado, a lot of that weed is being sold in the black market at a cheaper rate than the subpar corporate cannabis that's being grown by some of these companies who only are in it for the dollar and shareholder value in California. I mean, it's very, very, very interesting to see just a, a split of realities where Colorado is flourishing, California is submerging themselves deeper into the waters of cannabis oblivion. 
I don't know where I was going with that. But you, you see the point here. It's an interesting conversation. What does California have to learn from Colorado in order to get their consumers to be much more open to the fact of buying a cannabis from a dispensary? I mean, when you buy cannabis from a dispensary, you kind of are under the, the assumption that the product you're getting is good, that it's tested, it's healthier for you, it's backed by a real company, it's not shady. You're not going to find vitamin E acetate in any of the vaporizers you buy and things of that nature. However, when you are you know, buying from the black market in California, let's say, you may be getting that, you know? Who knows? But I want to say a huge congratulations to Colorado for doing this. I mean, the money that they're spending on taxes to give back to the poor, to give back to those who need education, to give money back to rehab facilities. It is amazing. Now, granted, I had a comment on him International when I posted that Colorado, since legalizing, you know, has been the fastest or the biggest when it comes to helping the homeless. Someone who's said allegedly in the comments that they work with it says it's all bullshit and that the money isn't really allocated it's only a portion and now that may be true may not be bullshit because she did mention excuse me the article did mention one third of the revenue generated is unassigned so it's almost like saying all right two thirds of what we got we're gonna go ahead and like put it into nice things right they can't be upset about that they're gonna celebrate us like how i'm celebrating them now but that rest that other third, we put in the pockets, baby. I mean, it's a possibility. It really is. But, um, again, kudos to Colorado. If you are a Colorado gondrepreneur, reach out. I want to give you love, shout-outs, all of that stuff. Because, as you know, the cannabis industry is growing. And I'm happy to see one place like Colorado is flourishing. And hopefully California follows suit. You know, maybe it's going through this period because that's to learn how to improve what it's doing when it comes to regulation, changing of packages, the amount of fees. I mean, California already is a heavily taxed state without weed. Now, with it, it is absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. All right. So quick overview about today's episode. So we talked about Cleveland Browns player Gregory Robinson, how he decided to get half of his body weight in weed, buy it in L.A., go to Los, go to uh, Louisiana, sell it for a premium. But he got his shit rocked. You know what I'm saying? He got hit sticked. If you guys play Madden out there, he got hit sticked. I right? fumbled the ball, everything. Touchback. You know what I'm saying? Everything. In Texas, and as you know, Texas is one of the most unfriendly cannabis states, even in 2020. So they're going to go ahead and probably give him a sentence. But granted, because he's a football player, he can go either way. He can either get a very, very harsh sentence because he's so you know notable in the public and a professional player, or they can slap him on slap him on the wrist because, again, he's a affluent, rich player. If this guy offered money to the Uber driver, who already was probably getting paid for the whole transaction, like a whole heap of money, check the description. Chances are, you know, lost my point. But anyway, the point is, <laughs> the point is, yo, Gregory, do better, man. You're already getting paid a lot of bucks. There's no need for you to sell weed on the side. Uh, we talked about how ADHD can be helped by the phytocannabinoid CBN over other cannabinoids. So if you're listening and you have ADHD or know somebody, rather, with ADHD, try to get them some product that has high CBN. Now, granted, warn them, CBN is a phytocannabinoid that makes you more tired, more rested, but it looks like the improvement over time is what they're looking at, not the immediate effect. So shoot, shout out to the scientists in Israel for making this study and publicizing it for me to share with you guys all right we then talked about fucking we then talked about space picks who i don't like i don't enjoy but again i showed you guys the paradox of what it is to be in the media some of the storylines aren't the most enticing but there are cannabis news and storylines like this are enticing you're sending cannabis to space what 
is is Elon Musk with you and like Joe Rogan putting his one eyebrow up with a blunt? <laughs> you saw that video, right? Elon Musk. Go on YouTube, look up Elon Musk smoking a blunt with Joe Rogan. It's hilarious. Like that guy clearly is not a smoker. He kind of smoked like he was being cool and like debonair, whatever the word is, and classy. But hey, it is what it is. Right. Shout out to them for using the Red Bull method, which literally is doing crazy things in order to get attention and media fanfare, but not offering a product that is as amazing as a Red Bull or Tesla Model S. We'll see how they do. I mean, launching how many for all we know, they can literally just launch toothpicks into space with no THC on it and say it has THC on it. You know what I'm saying? What are they going to have a THC tester, a T check? You know what I'm saying? On the rocket, ready to test the cannabis when it's in space? Come on now. Come on, space picks. Do better. All right. Bud 10 is unionized in Canada. That's a great thing, as I told you, for the right now and the foreseeable future. Hopefully, it's a trend that, you know, matriculates. Is that a word? Matriculate or matriculates down into the south of the border so the United States can get on board because they really don't like unions, and hopefully they can make a comeback in our growing industry. And last but not least, talking about growing industry, you had Colorado see an increase of 13% from 2018, making $1.75 billion in revenue and taking home $300 million in tax revenue to be distributed around some noteworthy moral, ethical, and empath, is that word empathical or empathic uh, ways, you know, they give, I told you guys, they give them to, to public health, they give them to public services, homeless people, this goes on and on, education, it's amazing, so again, this has been an episode of High TV, if you guys enjoyed it, don't hesitate to let me know, uh, go ahead and like and subscribe, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're going to do podcasts every Monday, we may be on hiatus due to life, but again, as you showed, even when I go on hiatus, I bring back that fire, alright, I bring back that heat, you can't deny it, alright, so hope you guys enjoyed last episode with the guest. It was a bit more laughs and more entertainment. This one was much more informational and and and, and uh, informative. So if you enjoy the podcast, as always, go ahead and tell a friend, share it with them. You know, they they may like podcasts, they may like this one. They may want to stay informed to know what is happening in the cannabis world, so that they are the most informed person in their circle. And if you get that line, I forgot it in the beginning. So as always, folks, hope you enjoyed. I'll see you guys next week, maybe in the middle of the week. Who knows? Remember, check the description. Hit the support link at the bottom of the description or copy and paste it to Google, whatever whatever you got to do. And support the podcast. It really means a lot, and I enjoy when you guys show some love. So again, as always, hi, fam. Stay tuned. Stay high. Hi, TV.